Welcome again to Mindful, Beautiful and Thriving podcast series by Tarika Foundation focused on youth mental health. Me today is Gayatri Narayanan who's going to be walking us through another skill set in the mindful parenting world. So welcome Gayatri. Hi Lina, nice to see you again. Happy to be here. Thank you for sparing your valuable time for us again Gayatri. So Gayatri, we've pretty much covered the off needs skill set. And now I'm actually wondering, what's the new thing you have for us today? Yeah, I mean, there's so many topics we can talk about when it comes to parenting. But one of the things I think is quite important to address is this whole emotion of anger. And Mm -hmm. anger can be extremely destructive. It can cause a lot of damage to a relationship. I mean, it can cause damage to things, you know, because sometimes when people are angry, they throw and destroy things. It's one of those very, very powerful emotions, which we need to get a better understanding of and know how to work with it in terms of the relationship with our children. So I thought we could address this topic of anger and how to work with it, how to regulate and to regulate an emotion like anger, because when we get angry, we're very dysregulated. We are out of control usually. So how do you then pacify the nervous system in a way that can be safe for both you and your child? Because when a parent gets angry, it can be extremely frightening for a child and it can really create a lot of fear and disconnection. So I thought we could address that today. Does that sound okay? That sounds wonderful. Actually, such a relevant topic. You know, nobody likes to be angry, but it's one of our, I guess, secondary emotions, maybe not primary, that we all get to, even though we don't want to. Mm -hmm. And I can totally see that this is such a relevant emotion that we all struggle with, both in terms of our children and us, right? The teens, certainly with their developmental stage they are in, they have very less frustration tolerance, they are more impulsive and very quick to get to anger. And then us, our threshold as parents is also lowered because of the number of things we are juggling with and the demands on our plate and our emotions are all over the place also. And we are sometimes driven by those emotions and get to this really angry place. And then we are like, oh, after we cool down, we regret. So I'm forward to understanding what uh, tools you have specifically to regulate strong emotions like anger. Yeah, before I get to the tools, I think I just want to frame anger. As I said, it's a very powerful emotion. And like you said, it's usually a combination of multiple emotions that kind of all boil up together. You know, it could be a combination of frustration, irritation, fear, you know, resentment. There could be a a lot of different things that sort of come together and then you kind of explode. And then what you see is like, oh, here's an angry person. But underneath that angry person, it's usually a set of unmet needs. So in our earlier episodes, we had talked about feelings and needs and how a lot of mindful parenting is really rooted in trying to get in touch with our own feelings and needs, and also the feelings and needs of our child in any given moment. So this language of needs and learning how to identify them takes a little bit of practice and a lot of mindfulness and awareness, because you really have to be able to check in with yourself and say, hey, what am I needing right now in this moment? What is underneath all these feelings of frustration and my blood pressure getting higher and my voice getting louder? What is really happening underneath? What is the unmet need there? 
And usually when these needs go unmet for a long period of time, like we have a whole bunch of unmet needs. So if you can think of anger like sort of like a volcano, and if you think of the unmet needs as sort of like the bottom, like the magma that's kind of sitting there and bubbling, and then you know, you have the vent through which all of these feelings are kind of like bubbling up right into the middle of the volcano, and it all kind of bubbles up, and then it explodes outside. And that's what we see as anger. And the outer expressions of anger, which is sort of the explosion looks very different for different people. For some people, it's like, you know, they start yelling or like shouting or slamming doors or throwing things or even hitting, physically lashing out. Or for some people, it may even just be a shutting down. They just kind of shut down and close off. But there's deep, deep anger sitting inside that. So the outer expression of this anger can look very different for different people. And many times it actually has to do with our own experiences with anger and how anger was expressed in our families among people like our parents or caretakers. And we kind of learn those behaviors sometimes unconsciously, you know, from our own histories. Or sometimes we go the opposite way. Like we saw a lot of outer expressions of anger where a parent was either yelling or screaming or beating you know, physically hurting, you may go the other way and just shut down, you know. So sometimes it's kind of related to our own experiences around anger, how it gets expressed. So as a part of our mindfulness practice, uh, learning to bring awareness to what is underneath the anger and to actually get familiar with the energy of anger in the body, you can use mindfulness for that, to really connect with sensations in the body, the heat of it, the tightness in the body, how the jaw will tighten, your throat tightens, your voice gets louder, you know, you feel this energy coursing through your hands and feet, you know, which kind of make you feel like you're going to punch something. So you have to really tune into that energy of that physical power of that anger in the body and just bring a very compassionate, very mindful attention to that energy. So the anger by itself is not a bad thing. It's just an expression of unmet needs, which is fine, but it's about what you do with it. That's where we have to be very careful so that we don't harm ourselves or others in that moment of anger. So mindfulness kind of helps with that aspect of just becoming familiar with the energy of anger in the body. That's, that's super helpful to kind of understand how we get there. It sounds like there is a process that happens in our body, in our thoughts and feelings before we get to that. Like you said, the volcano erupts and then we explode. So before we get to that explosion, there's a lot of stuff under the volcano eruption, like how it's building or maybe Another way to think about this is like, that's the tip of the iceberg and there's a lot of stuff, you know, under the tip that we don't see, but it's kind of slowly building and brewing. Right. So, so that's actually very well connected also with what you've covered before about being aware of your feelings and needs and the feelings and needs of your child or, you know, any relationship for that matter. And also understanding that a lot of the unmet needs can lead to these types of feelings that kind of lead to this ultimate explosion or the strong emotion of anger. So that I think lays some foundation. I bet that's where some of the skill set might be useful. So what tools do you have for us now? Right. So first of all, I think it's helpful to not get to that place, right? So not to have a situation that builds up like that. So to be really aware of your own needs, taking time to take care of them when you can, you know, so 
even having a daily meditation practice or you know having an exercise regimen making sure you're getting enough sleep so that you don't have a situation where these kind of things build up to a point where you explode so that's a sort of a preventative step right to first of all bring awareness and mindfulness to what's actually going on on a day-to-day basis within you that's the best approach is to prevent it but if you get to a stage where you are feeling these very strong, big feelings of anger, and if you remember when we talked about it early on about the brain and the, the neuroscience of it and how you know your limbic system gets hijacked and you're completely dysregulated, you flipped your lid and you don't have access to any of your higher functioning parts of the brain. So you're not logical at that time. You're not thinking clearly. You cannot solve problems when you're in that state of mind and body. So literally, you have to find ways to regulate, to really reconnect and re-engage that prefrontal cortex, the higher part of the brain, and to pacify that limbic system. And so there's different ways we can do that. Uh, Definitely self-empathy is very helpful in that moment, just to kind of just put a hand on your heart and self-compassion to just say, hey, ah, this is really hard. I can see how this is so frustrating for you. And you just take a few deep breaths and you say, okay, this is difficult. This is hard and it's okay. And just kind of giving yourself the compassion you need in that moment and also trying to connect with the deeper needs that you're having in that moment. And even if you just say, oh my God, I could just use some support right now. I really need support. I could just use some rest right now. I could just use some understanding right now. Even just connecting with your needs in that way mentally, even if you don't say it out loud, gives you just a soothing and just like being understood. And you're kind of understanding yourself in that moment. And you kind of turned your attention inward to try to identify what the underlying needs and feelings of that moment are and offering yourself self-compassion. So that's an immediate step. But then there's also the other aspect of it, which is using some very concrete sensory motor tools to regulate the body. These are very helpful for both the child and for you. You know, just recognizing what is it that helps you to calm down to pacify your mind, to pacify the body. And for different people, it could be different things. And so it takes a little bit of experimentation to figure out what works for you. For some of us, music is very helpful to calm us down. For some of us, the deep breathing, just taking a few breaths, you know, and taking some time out and sitting down quietly somewhere, just taking two or three deep breaths. That's very helpful. For some of us, we may just need to get outside and just burn that energy, you know, just take a brisk walk around the block or punch a pillow or push against the wall. That's another safe way to kind of work through that anger energy is just like to really push against something, you know. For children, again, like for my daughter, for example, drinking a glass of water is very helpful or splashing water on the face, or taking a shower. Um, Another thing that helps regulate children and adults is um, sucking on some ice, or chewing gum is helpful. And my teacher, Ruth Beaglehole, used to joke, you know, she used to say, like, don't throw away those big fat phone books, you know, which we don't use anymore. Or like maybe your SAT prep book, which you don't want to use anymore. (laughs) You know, keep all those in a corner somewhere, because you can just go and use them to rip the pages. And you can allow your child to do that too. So teaching your child to have safe ways in which to, to process that energy in the body and to regulate 
And they also then get an understanding of their own body and mind and say, okay, you know what, when I'm really angry, this helps me. It helps me to suck on ice. It helps me to have a glass of tea or some warm drink. So it takes a little bit of understanding of your own body to kind of uh, narrow down some very immediate tools that you can pick up when you get angry so that you don't act out and you don't express it in that toxic way, which can be extremely frightening for a child. So I think just the self-awareness, the willingness to allow anger to be there because it is an emotion just like any other emotion. It's not bad by itself. It's powerful. It can actually be a very great, good teacher in many instances. It teaches us a lot about ourselves when we get angry. So just bringing a very mindful presence to that powerful energy can be very helpful. That sounds great. Actually, as you were listing out some of those sensory motor tools, Gayatri, I was trying to understand it scientifically also a bit more. I think you definitely connected it to the neuroscience aspect of, you know, how mindful parenting helps. I think when you flip your lid and your sympathetic system is on an overdrive, you're like feeling that heat in the body, your heart may be beating fast. You might be feeling like you're almost clenching your fist to punch somebody. All of those things that happen with what we call as this fight, flight, freeze response that happens in our body. I was thinking that some of those sensory motor techniques you're talking about actually help cool down that sympathetic system Mm -hmm. and bring up the parasympathetic system back to a good balance with it. So we start to, I guess, uh, then regulate ourselves like the sipping cold water or splashing cold water on your face is something I certainly have myself found very effective as a strategy. One of the things we also sometimes tell our teen clients we work with is like, oh, if you have an ice pack handy, just bring an ice pack and put it around your neck. You know, that's another way to kind of cool down your your system. So, you know, those strategies made a lot of sense to me because they are kind of physiologically connected to how our whole system works, right? Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I'm really glad I could share this. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lena, for having me again. Thank you for listening to Mindful, Beautiful and Thriving, a podcast series by Tarika Foundation focused on youth mental health. If you like our podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Stay safe and healthy. Till next time.